Welcome back to the Lava Pool, the only DVC and sandwich podcast around for over 10 years now. I know it's been a couple years since we've done this, but they finally put sandwiches back in BGC. So here we are. I am your host, Samuel, Dr. Vidya Harsma, and I'm very excited to introduce the new co-host. If you've looked at any grassroots tournaments in the last handful of years, you already know who this is. Everyone, please give a warm welcome to Alyssa Temporal. Hello. Uh, excited to be here. I am um, so excited to have you. <laughs> it's, it, it'll, this will be really fun because um, I very much like the community and I love doing everything with it. So this will be really fun to just talk about it and everything. So uh, before we get started, why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, when you started VGC and what have you been doing lately? So I've been playing VGC since about 2014, 2015-ish. Um, I actually started in the trading card game, so I've been playing oh. competitively for 10 years now. Um, my first regional was Madison in 2013. That was really fun. Played TCG, and then once TCG uh, <laughs> intro to Shaman Rayquaza, I'm like, I don't like this anymore, and left to VGC, and I've been here <laughs> since. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I literally, uh, Madison in 2015, uh, Shaman just came out. I wanted to play Shaman, but we didn't have enough. So I only had one Shaman and played a different deck. And then I got bodied by Rayquaza Shaman for three rounds, cried, la- like dropped that out and then played VGC that regional and then cut it. Nice. So it worked out. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was like, no more, no more TCG because Rayquaza. Um, but yeah, so since then played VGC for since whatever 2014, 2015-ish, um, and it's been really fun. And then once COVID hit, I didn't like playing online as much. So I'm like, hey, organizing is cool because I've been because I've done stuff in like in person before COVID, like in terms of helping out leagues and you know teaching people how to play and everything like that. So I was like, let's just try some online uh, tr- uh, tournament running, and and it was so much fun. And I've just been doing that now. Um, I love watching the community grow, and that's really one of my main goals in organizing events and everything, so I've been doing that for the past three-ish years now. That is awesome. Um, Yeah, the community growth has always been one of the driving forces behind uh, not only this show, but a a lot of the things that the old Team Magma used to do online. So yes, I am super excited to have you here and have you on this show. Another thing I am very excited about are the new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet games that are coming out this week. Yeah, I've been like so excited. I mean, of course we all are, but I've like, like my friends at, at college here, I've been telling them every single day, like, oh my gosh, only five more days to Scarlet and Violet. Only, you know, I'm so excited for next week. I'm so excited. And like, I was working on like a homework assignment with a friend and then we started talking about Pokemon for 40 minutes because of the new games. So that's how excited I've been for these games for the past ever now. Nice. Um, and uh, I'm sure you are too. <laughs> I am. I actually like skipped the last couple games because they didn't have competitive in them. So I, I have had a very long break from Pokemon and I'm super excited to get back into it. Yeah, I'm excited to pretend, well, pretend maybe like in more online events. I won't be, probably won't be playing as much, but I'm excited to see what you'll be bringing to events. Because when I've played you, I've just been like, "Oh, that's a Breloom Giratina," and I'm losing now. Yeah, I do run Breloom a lot, and that—that's one of the things I'm most excited about for these games. Is in the trailers they've already shown Breloom, and Breloom never made an appearance in Sword and Shield, so I, I was I was lost. Now my Breloom's back, and you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, I used Breloom to cut the first Fiji regional in 2015, so I I like the Pokemon too. Nice. I think I cut three or four different formats with Breloom before it got disappeared. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it to be coming back. Well, one of the other things that they showed off uh, in the trailers and put a little news story up is they have sandwiches in this game with picnics, and anyone that listened to the Lava Pool way back when knows how much we love our sandwiches here. So yeah, uh, expect a lot more um, coverage of what kind of sandwiches are in-game once we 
have played with him. Yeah, I'm really excited for them because, like, we had we had the Curry in um, Sword and Shield, and now we have sandwiches. So I really like that they're kind of, you know, taking that aspect, which people really liked about the games, like those Curry and kind of being able to make food with your Pokemon and be really cute. And they just were able to add it into Scarlet Violet here with the sandwiches. So that'll be really fun. And hopefully, um, hopefully there's, like, the sandwich different sandwich recipes, which I think there are, that we saw in the trailers, maybe. I'm assuming there are. Yeah. Um, kind it, of like the curry. Yes, it, it looked a lot like the curry, where you can find recipes or you can make your own things and get recipes that way. So I, I hope it is a key thing for training Pokemon. I don't know what it actually does yet. But yeah, if I can train Pokemon with sandwiches instead of punching bags or whatever it was back in the day, that, <laughs> punching bags. that is so more my speed. Days. The soccer balls. Yeah, the sandwiches would be cool to TV chain yeah. or something. Yeah, who knows what they'll do. Yeah, I don't want to um, theorize too much about the new games before they're out and we have rules and all that stuff because we don't have any of that yet. But we can touch on uh, a handful of other things here that they've shown so far. Like, the big new thing for this game is the Terra types where any Pokemon can change into any type, which seems like a huge deal yeah it it looks very interesting and we've seen some of the um cool different terror types in the trailers like the world's trailers had that ghost tyranitar which i thought was really cool because of course you have this uh dark rock type which is four times weak to fighting and now it's a ghost type and you're like oh no now now i can't hit it <laughs> yes and they also showed the colossal getting hit by the water type move and taking almost no damage from it, which seems like a, a cool thing to do. Yeah, it'll be really cool to see how everything works out. And like, and, and and of course, like once we have the games on Friday, and then once you know the meta starts developing, however that does it, we'll see all of these cool new combinations of everything. Yeah, I, I'm really curious how stuff like that is going to show up in team preview or not show up in team preview. Yeah, the the integration of like the terror types. I know there's been a lot of potential discussion of like, you know, how important will knowing your opponent's terror type will like in a best of three or even like, you know, um, regionals and such in terms where like, you know, if your friend plays someone and you play who your friend played, then, you know, how much of an advantage will that potentially be? Um, because, you know, that might be. It, I mean, who knows, really? There's a chance it might not. Because um, I think there's a lot of different ways that terror types uh, might be utilized because you know if you have one that's kind of just objectively better than another then you kind of can maybe assume a type or maybe you know not right. assume a type such like that so kind of like hidden power back in the day um, a lot of Pokemon yes. just used it for coverage moves but you could generally guess what kind of hidden power they had when whenever it came out yeah like with Sylveon you could potentially do ground I think was a big one but like I think it potentially ran fire sometimes um, I think, like, in 2015-ish. I know I bred yeah. for a Hidden Power Ground Sylveon, so... That makes sense. Yeah. I wasn't the best, but I liked my Sylveon. <laughs> I, I cut a regional with Hidden Power Bug Seismitoad, and so... Yeah. The, oh, interesting. The, the strange Hidden Powers, I, I kind of love. That's cool. Yeah, that, 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 that is really cool. <laughs> You're just like, oh, yes, Grass-type. And <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it, it was Grass-types and Latios. Or the things oh, that I need to do. That's kind of cool. Yeah, because I think Energy Ball doesn't it. Maybe. Well, my my team just oh, kind of because the rest of the team. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that, fair. It was the rest of the team. Yeah, Ludicoda oh, and Latios were the things that were scary to that team. So, mm. so that's when Toad needed the yeah. Burger. That's really uh, cool. I'm excited to see that all the terror types because um, I know I'm sure that some will be used defensively, like purely defensively, and some will be maybe purely offensively and maybe a mix of some because um, if we because if some Pokemon already have like because we know that like it gets the stab or whatever um, yeah, or gets Terra Blast the same type attack boost and yes oh <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um, Terra Blast seems uh, super interesting because it's a normal type move and it doesn't change uh, your type and tell you terrestrialize, which I think potentially gives a lot of normal type Pokemon 
a niche in a lot of teams that they wouldn't normally have just because they can run that move and still have a stab if they aren't the Pokemon terrestrializing in those games. But the other thing I want to know about Terra Types is like, how do you do it? Is it going to be an item like Megas and Z moves? Uh, is it going to be a certain amount of turns like Dynamax was, or is it just anything can do it at any point? Um, and it lasts for the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I, I think we've, I think they've said that it's one per team at least. But yeah, that's, yes. I think that's all we really know is like, oh, how do we do it? You know, how yeah. how scared do I have to be? Do I have to time? How do I have to time it properly? Like Dynamax? Do I have to like, you know, because I don't know if we because um, you know, does it remove on switch out like like Dynamax? So if like if it if it does then you know you have to time it so that you know you don't lose it for the for the end game or like if it doesn't then you have to make sure like oh look now i'm going to stay this type the rest of the game and might be weak to something else that you don't want to it'll be a lot of cool timing that we'll get to discover yeah the the switch out thing also does seem fairly important and yeah with with normal types and just being able to change types at will uh one of the things that they showed in the trailers was Zorork, and I know in one of the games that I didn't play uh, over the last year, uh, they introduced a new Zorork that was normal type, so that seems like something I want to play around with whenever whenever it comes out with home. Yeah, the Hisuian Zorark. Um, that was really cool, because it's, it's a normal ghost type, so it has a few immunities. And it still has the disguise, so you throw it out yeah. there... And then if you don't like the matchup, you can just terrestrialize and <laughs> change the type. It, it seems really cool. Yeah, it'll uh, be kind of interesting how we see... Because I, I think with Dynamax, the illusion went away or something, maybe. I actually do not remember. But I wonder if, if with terrestrializing, would the illusion go away or not? Because if it's like, oh, look, now it's a water type, this Pokemon... Not that it matters too much, because I guess the typing would still be the Yeah, because the... When you terrestrialize, you get a fun hat on all your Pokemon. <laughs> you do. Oh, those were so cool. Yeah, what if, what if you terrestrialize and you get the hat of the Pokemon that you're disguised as, but you're actually a different type yourself? Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, uh, that's going to be one of the first things I check in game. <laughs> yeah, how the how Zorark works out. That, that's always a cool interaction. Zorark's can, Zorark can either bug out the game, or it can just make the game really cool. Yeah, but I guess moving on to some of the other news that came out, uh, they showed that Pokemon Home is going to get rolled out in spring, which means for the first handful of regionals and possibly not even until uh, the North American International, we might not have access to some of those old variants of Pokemon. Yeah, I know Home, I think, came out right before... March in 2020, I think, um, because they introduced Incineroar for March 1st, and Collinsville was February 29th, I think that was a leap year, so it was like, February 29th was like the Saturday, and then March 1st was the Sunday, and there was a mid-season on the Sunday, and everyone was like, wait, is Incineroar allowed, because they ended up changing the season, like March 1st or whatever, and I think it was, so we got Incineroar then because of home. So I'm I'm assuming it might be like, you know, maybe earlier, but yeah, it definitely could be until NASC, and it's just like, oh look, we now we have a bunch of new Pokemon right for NASC, <laughs> which would be very interesting to see, because that usually has a relatively, not maybe drastic, but like relatively large meta change, or at least meta introduction, and it's like, oh wait, these Pokemon exist now, or something like that, or types of Pokemon yeah. are, however, whatever home ends up giving us. Yeah, it... it should I, I don't want to speculate too much because we don't know what's going to be in the decks to start out and like maybe there's going to have uh in-game trades for the different variants because they've done that in other games you could get the kanto mr mime and sword and shield or a few others that i'm forgetting but yeah it bet not bank uh bank was the old one home is the new one um it it's always been super important for um just getting parents for pokemon and 
starting off getting your new battle ready things in game. If you have, sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the thing. There was the battle ready mark in Sword and Shield, but before that, if you could bring up your old Pokemon, even if you weren't allowed to use them in official battles, you could use them to breed new Pokemon, and it saves you a whole lot of time on getting Pokemon with the right stats and abilities that you needed. Uh, and without having access to home at the start of the thing, that means everybody's starting from zero, uh, which, yeah, like you said, we did that in 2019 for a few. And um, 2014 was actually much harder because they had different mechanics on how you could breed. And it was a whole lot whole lot harder to get things. Uh, there was, I think, Friend Safari that everybody jumped in for to try and get dittos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was where the, I think it's where the dittos were. And the, the, and the hidden abilities were in the friend zone as well. Yeah. Friend Safari. And, like, hidden power was uh, just a nightmare to try and get your Pokemon with perfect stats with the right hidden power that you needed. So hopefully it's... Breeding for that Sylveon took a long time. Hopefully it should be easier in these games to get the Terra type you want, but I don't know. Yeah, and we've we've seen some like not as like game quality, but like some um, Pokemon quality aspects. Like we've seen over the past few years from even Sun and Moon where they added bottle caps and now they've added nature mint. So who knows if they'll give us something else. Maybe they won't, but you know, if they do then then that might help make getting competitive Pokemon even easier. Um That'd be cool if they do, I have no clue. But yeah, I'm excited to... Honestly, one of my favorite parts about a new game is getting all of the resources so that I can make competitive Pokemon. I I always loved um, that aspect because I just have boxes of, of competitive Pokemon. I had like seven to eight Arcanine in, in Sun and Moon because there's so many Arcanines that I, that I bred because there's like the special Arcanine and then the physical Arcanine. But I always loved that. Um, it was so much fun to just like make my Pokemon and have like, an army of them and train them up and everything. So I'll be, yeah. I'm excited for that, this 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 uh, game. Uh, I hope they keep uh, things like the battle ready mark and the bottle caps. And what I really want is that vending machine from Isle of Armor to come oh, that's back. That's so great. I love that. And that they remove the cap of 10 vitamins per Pokemon or per stat per Pokemon, so that you can actually I mean, just... that was a really nice change when they did that. Um, yeah. That was really nice. And then also letting us, like, put on multiple po- one multiple items on one Pokemon at once, so that we didn't have to put, like, one vitamin at a time yes. on a Pokemon. Um. <laughs> so we could just we could just go to the vending machine, buy a bunch of vitamins, and literally just max out a Pokemon in seconds. Yes, and if you're doing complicated EV spreads, you can just go to the number that you need and not space out between like 14 and 15 and it's like oh no i put one extra item on this thing and now i have to reset my game and start the EV thing over again yeah that was and i do hope though that they we have berry farming that was because i loved that in like pelago i had so many berries it was great if i must have been eevee i'm like okay here eat some homemade berries and then in sword and shield it's like you can shake a tree and maybe get a berry, and I'm like, excuse me. So I hope I hope they. Yeah. I hope I want some berries back. I I did not shake trees for very long in Sword and Shield. Yeah, no, <laughs> same. The vitamins kind of. I was like, oh, I'll take I'll take these, because you could do it with um, BP, I think, which was really nice. Right. I do I do like how much they, um, utilized like. Uh, BP in the master rank and laddering, which was really cool, and you could get a lot more for that with all the like you can get like 500 BP from just making master ball rank, and that could honestly you know go a pretty long way, especially at least in making one team, um, which was really nice, and I think that you know it encouraged competitive play, and also you know helped people get resources for when they wanted to play competitively, which was really nice. Yes, um, you could also get BP from. Like transferring from Pokemon Home, which is where I got most of mine, because I didn't play a lot of online during Sword and Shield. As soon as events got canceled, I pretty much just put everything down and only showed up for the Players' Cups. Yep, that's that's fair. I ended up just organizing, because I'm like, I don't like playing right now. (laughs) 
Anyway, moving on to the new season, which has been on pause since Worlds. Uh, all, all the other games got to start playing already. But Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they finally decided that they were only going to use one game for a format and not let us start yeah, the season with the old one, which is interesting. It's definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely very interesting. I, I was a little upset. Um, I was maybe disappointed. Uh, a lot of emotions happened when I saw that. Um, I know, I remember where I was because I was at Worlds and then I, we were like, I was just chatting and it was Worlds right after check-in and I was like, oh, uh, regionals announced. And I was like, wait, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. We, we saw that. And I went around and told everyone. I was like, did y'all see this? <laughs> I was a little, a little sad because I was very, very much looking forward to judging a lot of the regionals uh, in uh, the, the fall for just for VG and because because uh, I've pretty much decided to not necessarily completely retire from competitive but I've decided to not really play at regionals as much anymore um, and I really love judging but also it's very expensive as a college student to be able to travel and play for sure at the events so I think judging is a lot easier financially on me um, but I was really excited to judge all of these events um, and then you know be able to see all my friends and everything because the Illinois one was closer than Collinsville, so you, you know all my friends are going to be be there. And I'm currently in Columbus, but you know it was even closer than Collinsville would have been, and all these fun things. And then I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I know a lot of people who are excited about playing. Yeah, that the timing of that announcement was so weird because it was shortly after they had already announced that the format in game was going to switch to that mythical format for yeah. the ranked battles, and so. They announced the regionals, and everybody's like, oh, are we are we going to be playing that in the fall? Which, of, of course not. Um, we, we never get to play with Mythicals in the official <laughs> tournaments. And they've done that pretty much every generation at some point. They will switch the thing to something that we're not using in actual events. Uh, and yet, everyone got excited to use Victini and whatever else. Uh, yeah, I know there's a, a few leaks that were like, oh, what, what what format should we do? Should we do, you know, the Series 12? Because, you know, Series 12, we don't know what Fall's going to look like. Because we weren't too sure if people if we were going to actually use Series 13 for competitive. Because, like, you know, you don't necessarily need a ladder um, in-game for competitive. Um, looking at you, 2016 Worlds. Uh, <laughs> um, that was a fun time. So it was like, oh, maybe they'll just keep Series 12 and it'll be fine. Maybe they'll do something else. And then it was like, oh, we just don't get offense. So, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, I feel like there was a couple hours gap, too, between people realizing that video game wasn't included in those first handful of regionals. I know as soon as I saw them, I I mean, I saw and I was I posted on Twitter. I think it might have been a few hours, but I know for me at least and people around me it was pretty instant because... We, we realized it, and we were like, oh, there are no VG events. And we are yeah, like, oh, okay. I think I learned most of it through word of mouth. Like, somebody saw it online, and was like, oh, regionals are posted. What are the regionals? And then we were all planning, like, which ones we're going to go to, and then found out, oh, uh, half of those don't actually have uh, video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I was... I, I've judged Pokemon Go instead, because I still wanted to be active in, like, the general community. So I play, I, I've played Pokemon Go judging, which has been kind of cool. I went to Baltimore, Peoria, and we're going to Toronto in a few weeks. Um, but I do miss my VGC, and I'll be going to San Diego to yeah. uh, to judge that. And I'm very excited for that, because first Scarlet and Violet, San Diego's kind of a cool place, and also like 600 video game players. Right. The first uh, regional of every single generation usually is the biggest one for that generation. This is the biggest one ever. <laughs> or at least in modern uh, times. I, I don't know about like pre-2012, I guess, but... Well, I think 2014 had maybe more than that because they also did 10 rounds and it went like until 3 in the morning for day one. Well, because in 2014, back... didn't they have like Sunday regionals for VG? Um... I know it they was, have some Sunday regionals. It was Saturday. Kind of weird. Yes. Um, it was also when they would hold multiple regionals on the same weekend. 
So yeah, for that one, it was California and Portland both had it on the same day. And I went to Portland and I remember like trying to follow along with the California one as it just kept going and going and going. Oh my going. gosh. I'm curious. We'll have to look at how much that was because that's kind of cool. And also unfortunate for those playing. Because that was when it was best of one, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, they changed after 2015, I think. Um, yes, it was partway through the 2016 season. Oh, it was partway through 2016. Okay. Yes. Because I know um, I played, and I know I played in 2015 best of one, and then in 2016 Madison at least I played best of three, but that was at that point another full year had passed. Yeah, in 2016 there was the Anaheim Regional in California that was uh, best of one, and I lost my winning in there. No. And then Portland was the next weekend, and they told us it was best of three at the player meeting. And then I talked about that one. Um, oh, you did get best of three at the, at the player meeting. Oh my gosh. Wait, yes. what? Yes, so a lot of people had no idea and weren't ready for it. Um, but I wow. felt super vindicated because people that watched the stream were commenting that I had a best of one team, and that was the only reason I made it to the win and in. And then <laughs> the next weekend, I played the exact same team in best of three and made it to top cut. Jokes on them. <laughs> Jokes on them. Uh, yeah, your teams. Your teams are great. I love. I love seeing what you bring. Yes, that that team was built when I didn't have internet where I was living, and I was on the phone with a friend and writing on a napkin in a taco time. Wow. And I ended up cutting two regionals with it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyway, uh, so yeah, our. Regionals this year don't actually start until January, which makes the CP grind interesting. Uh, especially yeah, we'll since so far we... all we know is that the CP payouts for regionals and internats are the same as previous years, but we don't know what the bar is, or if there is going to be a bar, or are we going back to the top oh, gosh, X no. players? <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> The other thing that is interesting at the moment is they haven't announced anything about locals that count for CP. Uh, yeah, but we... I, they just announced, well, they just updated, I guess is a better word. They yeah. just updated the local announcement of locals are in 2023 to locals are early 2023. So yes. before today, basically, we were like, okay, there's a chance that locals won't even come back until after Japan. But now it's a much better chance of that we'll have them for most of the 2020 CP season, which 2022 CP season, which is really cool. I lost the link, but um, when I was reading that earlier, it did specify events that do not give CP are the ones that are returning. I thought that it was like, oh, CP's like mid-seasons and everything was now early 2023. Yeah, it says competitive in-store events, League Challenges, Cup, Premier Challenge, and Mid-Season Showdown, so locals with mid-seasons, will resume in early 2023. So before this, we only had 2023, and that was via right. the the regional announcement at Worlds. That, that link had 2023, and then this one just updated to say early 2023 for locals. Like, all of the casual events, I think all the casual, like, almost every... Um, country, if not all of them, have casual events listed, and then under the competitive events, it says early 2023, which is great. They don't list CP for any of them yet, so we don't know if they're going to have the same payouts or different payouts, or if they'll even have them at yeah. all. Yeah, we'll have to see how they restructure um, those. I'm assuming it'll probably be similar. Like, there's, I don't think there's too much drastic change needed for those, um, but we'll see. Because I think, I think they mentioned in like, oh, we're looking at the VG structure of the circuit, and we'll see if there's yes. updates. So well, I have no clue. We've like I, everything's been seeming to move, because um, um, with with TBCI it can sometimes be like stagnant for a while in information, and then it's kind of all at once. So we've seen a lot of relative updates because we also saw the internationals uh, dates uh, be announced. Uh, so yeah, we have. So we had we had a Latin America Latin um, over it's like November twenty sixth. We had that announced a while ago, 
Um, but we've been patiently waiting for the Oceania one, uh, the European one, and then potentially the uh, NAIC. Um, yes. And we finally got our Oceania and, Europe and EUIC updates, which is just in Melbourne and then, uh, I believe, London at the Excel Center. Uh, and then we, <laughs> what was interesting, we had the NIC updates as well. Uh, it said Columbus, and I believe it yes. was like June 23rd. And then a few hours later, it was just taken down. So right. it's like, oh no. And I remember looking at prices to for like flight and hotel there. And 2016, uh, going to Columbus from Seattle, it was the most expensive Pokemon trip I had ever had to take. Oh, wow. And like last year in Columbus, also super expensive this was like a third the price it's like oh my god it's actually cheap to go to columbus this time and then they removed the dates so maybe, yeah maybe. i'm not too sure if someone just pulled the trigger too early or if they're even adjusting those dates yeah it, it could be that they had it wrong i i have no idea yeah i i think origins is actually that weekend as well so maybe they were just you know they were just potential dates um, and they're like, wait, maybe we have to adjust this, or maybe they were wrong, maybe they weren't finalized, but maybe yeah. someone was like, okay, yeah, update the IC ones, and then someone, like, clicked the update button, and it, you know, put too much info. Uh, yeah, I guess um, we'll see. Hopefully we get the inf the confirmed, like, the, the for sure information before flights get too high for people. Like, I'm here in Columbus, and, you know, if, even if I'm in Chicago in the summer, it's not that, you know, that not that much of a flight. But I know that a lot of people didn't go to NAIC last year because it was so expensive to get to. Yeah, it, it's not the biggest airport, and so it's expensive to fly to. Yeah, I know Henry had to. We didn't have to, but uh, because he had the NIC Travel Award from Australia, he actually came up to O'Hare. He flew to O'Hare. He actually stayed with, with me between Milwaukee and Columbus, so we wouldn't have to necessarily fly all the way to Columbus, which probably would have honestly been even um, more costly, and and he, and he was able to hit Milwaukee, which he did pretty well with, which he did pretty well well at, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it was very expensive. I know some friends uh, across the country flew into O'Hare and then maybe tra uh, carpooled down to Columbus with some Chicago players because it was so much cheaper to get into O'Hare than Columbus. Yeah, um, most of the time, if I go to a Midwest mid uh, Midwest regional. Um, I also just fly into O'Hare, and then my sister lives near Chicago, and we go to those regionals together. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, Columbus is kind of a bit of a drive, and also not the... It, it's not the most exciting city to just kind of hang out in for no, a week. No, it's not. <laughs> I live here. It's not. <laughs> yeah, so it, if I have the option to... Uh, spend the same amount of money to go to London or go to Columbus, um, I'm probably not going to choose Columbus again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't blame you, um, for sure. I know a lot of people were saving their money to go to London rather than go to Columbus, especially if they already had their invite or anything like that, or weren't, or weren't necessarily looking to get their invite, just wanted to go to London. Um, so I, it'll be cool to see NIC attendance this year. Well, it, it actually insta-cap out. Um, well, not Insta, basically Insta cap out right. last time. So, like, there were a lot of people who wanted to go, but then there were also a lot of people who didn't want to go. And since we saw San Diego with, like, 600 here, I know it's usually the biggest one because it's the first one, but I'm hoping that with community growth and everything, we will have a lot more interested for NASC. So hopefully they give us a, a larger cap, seeing how many, you know, VGC players we have that are interested yeah, I, I think the announcement of whatever the CP structure for the year is going to be is also going to swing attendance one way or the other. Oh, as people figure out if like, oh, I can get my invite if I go to these or, oh, no, I'm already too far behind to keep chasing it. Yeah, I'm, there's a chance that they want to potentially limit the number of people at Japan, but like, I think it... I don't know what potential reasoning would be, because, like, for London, I understand, like, maybe um, not necessarily resetting the bar, not resetting, but, like, not lowering it, even though we only had, we kind of had a full season, because it, like, ended at March and then began at March, so it was right. kind of the full season, um, but, like, for newer players who wanted to, to try and join, they didn't have too, like, some didn't have, like, too much of a chance, I'd, I'd say, because, again, you're starting at, to get 400 at March, so... But in terms of COVID, you don't necessarily want to have that place packed. You can only have so many entries. 
but for Japan, um, hopefully, like, that's not too much of an issue there, and maybe, you know, we won't need to worry about 400 CP at only from a January to June season, like, but, like, an actual half of a season. Yeah, um, especially if we have significantly reduced, uh, local events, because... A lot of time, mid-seasons can get you, like, a third of your invite. Yep. <laughs> I've definitely had a lot of... I got a lot of mid-season CP. Uh, I was very close to our world's invite last year. Um, and so locals definitely helped out a bit with that. Yeah, so I, I had a plan to... Right before everything shut down, it was before Salt Lake Regionals. And so everybody from the Pacific Northwest was going there. And the same weekend, someone in Portland was holding a double MSS. It's like, sweet. I can just finish up my invite with those MSSs because I didn't have, I wasn't close to my best finish limit yet. And then it all got shut down and I did not get those points. Yeah, it was, that was a depressing weekend. Very depressing weekend. I was going to go up to Toronto. Um, I was very excited with the team I had, very confident. And then, nope. So we did not like end up like traveling up there we kind of were like okay no we're not doing it by like the wednesday or whatever but very still sad that it you know all came crashing down but with locals i'm hoping we can get locals i know um i've been trying to work on um kind of mapping them out and trying to see where we have tos and where we have places so we can hopefully grow locals given us given they do give us locals relatively early in 2023 i'm hoping that means within the first three months but who knows what that means so it'd be nice if we could have locals like starting like I don't know March because I feel like even if we can can get a little bit of them then it'll help out some CP. Yeah, I, I know a couple tos out over here that are just like itching to get back into it. It's like very exciting, and I would love to go to those, but still, still waiting for them to actually announce that it's okay. Yeah, it looks like it's moving, so I'm hoping that means that we'll get more information soon. Um, it's kind of, we had a burst of information, so who knows if we'll get information before even, you know, maybe within the week or in another month. But yeah. I, I guess we just have to be patient and figure it out. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that we get uh, news of what the actual in-game format is going to be at the same time that we get the other thing. Because they will have yes. to update the rule sheets eventually. True. Yeah, everything so far has just been certain shield stuff. Yeah, I looked at the... I looked at the rules recently, and um, they didn't update. They hadn't. I mean, clearly, they hadn't updated VG yet, which makes sense because Scarlet Violet isn't out. You can't update stuff yet. Um, right. But I'm really hoping they possibly even update how our regionals are structured, because right now we are cons- like there's categories uh, for events, um, and so like how events are run and how they're structured. And currently, vid- the video game is structured as a one-day event, uh, categorized as a one-day event uh, for regionals, um, which is interesting because in the past that's more fair because, you know, sometimes it actually was a one-day event. And that's different than TCG because TCG is considered a two-day event, um, which a one-day event means categorized in the rules that you have, you play all of your Swiss on day one and then if you have top cut, then uh, you play top cut either, you know, the day after or potentially even the day of. So, like, for example, locals, uh, like mid-season showdowns, those are also considered one-day events because you play your Swiss rounds and then you play your top cut and then the event's done. And that can, you know, happen within a day. Um, and for regionals, especially for the senior and junior levels, you can actually play all your Swiss rounds. And then you can, if you technically have time, you can actually play top cut that day. Um, nice. So it's considered a day a one day event, um, but for the trading card game, um, how a one day event is different than a two day event is if you have over nine rounds. So if you have two hundred and twenty seven plus players, then you actually have you have your nine rounds of Swiss on day one, and then on day two you actually have five rounds of more Swiss from the players who have 19 or more points, which basically means anyone who has two or less losses for video game, you get to advance to uh, five rounds of Swiss and then into Top Cut. So it's kind of just like more Pokemon. Um, We have that structured for the international championships, um, which I, you know, I think people like. And 
since we've been getting a lot more players, we're hitting 600 or so players now. I really hope that they can restructure or at least recategorize our video game regionals because someone can go literally 10 and 0, given we have 10 rounds at San Diego, literally 10 and 0, make top cut, make top 32, and then lose their first round and then only make top 32. And that is all of their event that they, they're able to play. Yep. Which doesn't seem right. Yes. Um, the, the regionals has always been like the part of the circuit that needed the most fixing. And they just never change it year after year. Because it, it really is the, where the point structure um, like really is highlighted as bad as it can be. Because a lot of regular sized regionals, if you go like 7 and 2, you might only be top 32 and get 60 points. Or you could be top 8, have a guaranteed 100 points, and have a chance to get more. And the only thing separating those two is tiebreakers. Yep. And especially if you happen to go 7-2 and two at, say, Indianapolis Regionals, your two losses are to people who are in top cut and then not make top cut, even though you ended up beating the regional champion in Swiss. Yes. I'm not salty. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 2014 and 2015, I went X2 at five different regionals, and I didn't make top 16 in any of them. I missed oh the Nat stipend for 2014 by two points, and I missed the Nat stipend in 2015 by three points. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Like, when we were one-day event back in 2014, you know... That's fair. We were categorized like that. We didn't have that many people. But we do now. We have so much. We have such a strong scene. And I just want us to, you know, be matched to TCG. But Yeah, the, the opponents win percentage counting as much as winning a midseason is is not great. They, they need to fix how those points are handed out. Yeah, I, but, I hope that they do that. I'm well, you know, time will tell. Um, I've been trying to potentially, you know, I, I think I put a poll out even um, back in July, like, hey, would you guys want, you know, basically uh, VG regionals to be categorized as a day two event? And a lot of people said yes. Uh, I would also like um, opponents win percentage to count for who makes it into top cut, but not for uh, championship points. That should probably be based on how many wins you get yeah that would be nice that would i would like that restructure i know sometimes it can be really hard to like completely redo the structure um but i do i do hope they do that as well of course but it feels like it's so much simpler to just like at least give us what we already have you know like it's it's a it's a large difference of like just categorizing VG regionals as day two rather than day one versus like completely changing how the CP is paid out. But yeah, I also definitely want CP to be paid out. I think more like X and two because like, or like X and whatever. Um, Because, you know, if you go X and X and let's see, it would be X and three, like maybe seven and three to have as much CP as like, um, like at like if like it's ten rounds, you if you go seven and three, you could either get top sixty four CP or like top one twenty eight. Like it's a solid amount of difference that you could get yeah. just because of your resistance. Yeah, and the, or, that's or super not fair when you don't always get to pick your opponents. Like the last regional I had in twenty fifteen, before I lost the Nat stipend or whatever. Um, my first round opponent had an in-game team, so he had terrible resistance. Uh, my second round opponent forgot to max happiness on their return Mega Salamence, so their tournament did not go well. And then my fifth round opponent failed hack check and got kicked out, and my two losses were to the two previous winners of that regional. Wow. Yeah, oh, and, and I won a pair up in the final round. No! Oh, wow. Yeah, resistance can be really, really rough. Um, yeah, I'm very salty about Indy, because that's kind of the... That's a cl- I'm not, like, closest, because I technically also top-cut Madison, 
but I was very close to doing very well at that event, very confident, and then Resistance did that, and then, of course, all of our other fun Resistance stories that you've mentioned, and... Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't like Resistance. Yeah, it's an interesting of what what would be different, like, how do we adjust that, because... You know, other than maybe like having it, um, the CP go further in terms of, you know, X and whatever, and then how do you encode that? But I think, you know, it's definitely possible. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving on to, I guess, our last topic for today, because we're going kind of long. Uh, online practice tours, uh, because outside of like the latter in game is okay for practice but you don't get best of threes so if you're a new player or a returning player there are options of places you can play i haven't been in this world for a very long time but as i understand it you run most of it now yeah i do i I do why don't you tell us a little bit about uh the various options people have to get their practice in yeah so um as you said there is you know the latter isn't the best isn't always the the best way to practice. You can practice that way. I know a lot of people do, but having a different, a lot of different options is really great, especially being able to uh, practice with people, practice against other people rather than maybe randos on ladder and everything like that. Um, since Sword and Shield has a really nice pair-up system uh, using link, link code or whatever it is, it's been amazing because you need your friend code in Gen 7. Um, but there are a few ones. Um, we have a few... Uh, uh, team leagues. So we have USPA, which um, uh, Trey started two by four. He started that about a year or so ago, and uh, he wanted. And it's basically the uh, United States Pokemon Association. So our goal was to um, basically kind of help connect online to locals and try and you know, since we had in-person events starting again, we're like, okay, all these people are online now. We want to make sure that they can actually meet the people who, is, who will be around them once in-person resumes. Yes. So, USP, honestly, has it has a lot of different, um, I don't say skill differences, but, like, there's a lot of new people and there's a lot of experienced people, which is really cool because you have a lot of these new people online who are like, yes, this is, you know, I live in Illinois and I've just started out and, you know, maybe not just started out, but I've been playing online for a bit. And then you have, like, a really older, like, maybe Illinois player who's been around since 2016 also play and they want to play in that and then you know they're both now able to interact with each other and these are going to be their locals they're able to make connections make relationships still online and while we prepare for you know the in-person events which is really cool so we had i think around 30 or so teams um we were able to we had some combined some states because there aren't a lot of players in north dakota um (laughs) so we were able to combine some some states um, which was really cool, and I believe, I, I think New Jersey won last year. It was New Jersey versus New York in the finals, so I kind of keep getting them mixed up, but I think New Jersey won. Uh, it was a very great finals. Um, it was really great to watch that. Um, so that's USPA. Yeah. And then, that, that is the only one of these that I participated in over the last couple of years. Um, and it, it was nice, because it, like, it was shortly after I moved back out here, and I met a handful of people in that team, and then we met up at regionals when that finally started back up again, so that was cool. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome, because that's like the goal, and that was really cool. So we're getting that started up again. Um, we'll have um, that start up. We're actually gonna have sign-ups for that relatively soon. We're just trying to finalize uh, some of the rest of the managers and teams and everything for that, but we're really excited to start with Scarlet and Violet because we're, you know, hoping to keep growing our local communities and helping people, you know, find their local communities. Um, and so another one that's like USPA is uh, CVL, which is the collegiate VGC league. Uh, Squirrel and I started that um, this this year because we wanted to work with colleges and universities to bring those people together to play Pokemon because I've noticed that there's a lot of VGC players at college who are interested in playing, but they don't have a place for it, right? There's no collegiate league, so we were able to actually get together a lot of teams. Hmm? This is new? This isn't 
Um, yeah, it's new. It's only... brand new. This is like the first time. Oh. Yeah. No, because there there definitely used to be a collegiate league. Um, There's. At, I know there was kind of one. Twenty fifteen, I remember, because uh, a handful of my friends played in that. At least for VGC wise, I th- this is the f- like earliest new one. Um, I know there was like kind of a collegiate Pokemon league. There's like a collegiate Pokemon league where they kind of had that, but for more of like draft league style or like singles. So it wasn't specifically VGC. Um, but for this, at least this one specifically is new. Um, and I haven't heard of any others than other than the other Pokemon league, which was just wasn't as VGC heavy. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking of one about seven years ago, so it. I mean, it would make yeah. sense that it disappeared <laughs> and no one remembers it. But yes, I, I yeah. definitely um, knew a handful of people that were playing that. Hmm. Yeah, but we actually had like 160 some players, which is really cool. We were able to get some a lot of full teams, which is cool. We had to hodgepodge a little bit of teams because we wanted to make sure everyone could play because we had a lot of players who were like, oh, let, I'll try VGC for the first time. So um, we had our, we had Akron team. We had we had to have two Akron teams because we had teams of like <laughs> five to ten or so because we had some teams with like a, like not that many people. Yeah. And we had like we had to split Akron into two teams, and I was like. I didn't know there were that many players at Akron. That's amazing. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, at like Ohio State, I was Ohio State one. We had like a full team of like ten, which is really cool. And so the goal is to like have these players come together, so then we can potentially host locals or promote locals at these universities, which are, you know, a pretty good way to host locals and get communities to grow. Because there just really wasn't any colli- collegiate. Uh, type VGC programs that I knew of, at least. <laughs> okay. But yeah. So what about for people that maybe aren't in North America or aren't in college? What do you got for them? Um, so we have a, we have um, an online circuit that I've um, become a part of. We have Rose Tower. So um, we weren't as active this year because it was a little weird in terms of like return to online events and everything like that but we're very strong in uh 2020 slash 2021 it was um basically an online cp system with rose points uh you'd play in tournaments and then if you did well enough you'd get rose points and then if you got enough rose points you'd be invited to the like the championship at the end of the season so it was basically just an online circuit um and you in so we had some that were free to play some that with paid entry and then you get prizes and such like that like money prizes, you know, for the entry fees and everything, um, which is, you know, a really great way to be able to kind of play in a tournament um, online and get that kind of tournament feel. Well, of course, it's not the same as in person. Uh, it is kind of nice to be able to, you know, bring your team that you're like, oh, uh, I'm going to try and test this out for maybe this upcoming event and then practice with it in a similar-ish tournament setting. Yeah, that, that sounds incredibly helpful if you're prepping for, like, regionals or internets to have one of those around. Yeah, we'll be we'll be hosting a lot more events, of course. We'll be, we uh, just actually finished up a little invitational for, to finish up Sword and Shield, but we'll be announcing more information and such. We're taking, like, a little bit of a hiatus until, until then. But um, we'll be working on, yeah, we'll be working on getting that all set up for next season, which I'm really excited for because it'll be nice to have a circuit that's kind of online because for people who like are interested in playing, but you know, regional's too far away or regional's too expensive, or you don't really uh, have the time to go out and travel for an entire weekend, then you can still play in these online events, um, you know, from your home and all you really need is your switch and, you know, something to, you know, go to the tournament software on, which has been really nice for people. And a lot of people have been able to start that way as well, because going to a regional or maybe, you know, not that we had any logos, Going to an in-person event for your first time can be kind of scary. So being able to, you know, play in an online event is really cool. And we also sure. have um, Victory Road, which is similar. They just have more one-of tournaments. Um, but they have a similar, like, hey, you know, this is a really big tournament. I think their last one had, like, 300 people in it, which is cool. So it's just another tournament experience that you can play and just find online tournaments for, which is really cool. And then we also have the Hatterian Series which is very similar to Victory Road, but it is for uh, the women and non-binary people uh, and competitors because, you know, 
women and non-binary people, there's not a lot of us at uh, events, uh, at least before COVID. Yeah. Um, it was about 10%, um, consistently 10%. I, I'd always kind of try and count based on names. So, you know, plus or minus a little bit because names aren't always telling. Right. But it was, um, it wasn't a lot. So I started up the Hattering series and I'm like, you know, we, we want to be able to have a community. We want to welcome women and non-binary people because there's a lot of different factors that could turn people away. And we want to make a, make people feel safe and, you know, just play Pokemon. So we have the Hattering series, uh, which we've, we've gained a lot of people in the community, which has been amazing to see. So many people have tried VGC for the first time because of it, because, you know, they're like, hey, this space is for me, so I don't have to worry as much about people being rude to me, about people, you know, putting me down or anything because I'm just, you know, because I'm a woman or anything. And right. it's been really great to see that growth. Yeah, that, it, it has been awesome uh, to watch that tournament grow over the past, what is it, almost two years now? Yes, yeah, we just had our fifth one last sun, last weekend, which is really cool. Um, and we're excited to see our Scarlet and Violet ones. It's one of those tournaments that I feel like is super important because we do get a lot of uh, women and non-binary people that play Pokemon for like a little bit and then immediately bounce off over the years. And so having a place for them feel welcome and not pushed out immediately is just fantastic um yeah i've seen a lot of people over the years stay here and it's been great yeah but people sticking around is always good yeah so lots of projects lots of different opportunities we also will uh, have npa national pokemon association uh draft league that's been going on for 12 years um that'll start up again soonish yeah. as well so you know another draft league opportunity um and just more Pokemon. So much Pokemon. <laughs> that, that's an obscene amount of different circuits and other things that you've got your got your hands in at the moment. Yep. It's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, I I do enjoy seeing people play Pokemon and have fun doing it. Yeah. So, um, of those, which is the one that's starting up the soonest? Like, if people are listening to this that they want to check out, or are they all just kind of waiting for a new rule set before they start announcing things probably use pa that will be the first one on my getting everything together list um where you will hopefully have signups uh happen um a little bit after scarlet ballot drops so that we can start getting that all set up because it can take a while to get all those teams together um we'll have use pa probably be the soonest so yeah look out for um, when those signups go live, and then, you know, all information about that. Um, it's, I believe, just United Pokemon, United States Pokemon Association on Twitter. Yeah, it's actually at US underscore VGC. Um, US underscore VGC. Yep, that's the, that's the tag, and they'll have United States Pokemon Association as the name. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap up this first episode uh, first episode back, it's probably like our 60th or so episode total. Um, first so, one with me. <laughs> yeah, first one with you is the first one in about two years. First, like, regular episode in about four or five years. It's been a minute. But yeah, uh, tell people where they can find you. Drop your socials. You just dropped a whole bunch of tournaments that they can find you at. <laughs> um, my Twitter is at TemporalVGC. Um, the basic temporal name plus VGC, so just temporal VGC on Twitter. My Discord's temporal. If you're in any of Pokemon servers VGC related, you'll probably find me there. I'll just temporal spinning Wooloo because Wooloo is really cool. Gotta shout out the Wooloo. Nice. And what did you think of your first episode here? I think that I need to have water near me. <laughs> I have some soda and I'm like, I did not bring my water bottle near me when we started recording. So water. Um, but it's been really fun. I enjoy talking a lot about Pokemon. So that's what this is, which is great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, I, I hope we will be able to get many more of these out over the next handful of months. 
You can find the podcast on Twitter at The Lava Pool. If you're listening to this, you probably already found out how to listen. Um, but if maybe you're listening over someone's shoulder or if they trapped you in a car with this on, um, we are uh, on iTunes and everywhere else. Just search for it, The Lava Pool. And you can find me online, currently on Twitter. Not sure how much longer I'm going to be there, but uh, dr underscore fidget. Uh, I'll probably have more socials to plug the next time we do this. But for now, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time on The Lava Pool. Until next time. I, I completely forgot the outro. We'll, we'll figure out an outro next time. Heck yeah. This was Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for talking.